is good, my peoples. Welcome again to another edition of the Green Beige Podcast. Usually, I'll be pointing that way and saying that that guy over there is the green. But as you can see, I'm over here. So I'm representing on behalf of both the green and blue half of the Green Beige Podcast. As AJ is otherwise occupied today. But of course, this week is the NFL Draft. And as a result, we had to bring in our draft experts. Mr. Ricky Nurse, what's happening, Ricky? I am good, sir. I am good. How are you? I am doing I am doing well. And then of course we also bring back Mr. Mark Thompson of Mr. Big Blue himself. How's it going, Mark? Yeah, you like my big blue uh poster in the background there? Oh yeah. Love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Thanks for having me. Of course. We are very happy that you could join us today. Now, as I said, we are talking about the NFL draft this week. This week's episode is called Jetting to the Draft because there was a a big move made for Ricky's New York Jets. We finally have a good quarterback, not in Buffalo, New York, and that is Mr. Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to go off the rip right here with Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. Yes, you heard me correct. The longest-running trade um, saga is finally over in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers, he is headed from the Wisconsin area to the Big Apple to be Ricky's quarterback. So let's just break down this trade really quickly. The Jets receive Aaron Rodgers, the first-round pick in this year's draft, number 15 overall, as well as the fifth-round pick which is number 170, whereas the Packers, they get the 2023 first-round pick, number 13, the second-round pick, number 42, the sixth-round pick, number 207, and in addition, there is a conditional second-round pick for the 2024 draft, whereby if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps, then he, well, sorry, that pick becomes the next year's first round pick so ricky this is your squad and this is now your quarterback but my question is did new york overpay for aaron Rodgers when we look at all of the compensation yes sir that has been the question of the day i've gotten that question in every on every digital device that i own (laughs) i will say this on the surface i understand why people are saying that we overpaid but like any purchase that we make that can appreciate or depreciate over time one has to see what this asset is able to produce if this asset gives me a super bowl ring in the within the next 24 months then i cannot say that we overpaid however if we are a 10 and 7 team barely make the playoffs, get knocked out in the first round, then yes, this is this is definitely an overpay. So I, I would ask that in this instance, on the surface, yes, but one Super Bowl ring, and I, I, I have to compare it to the recent example we have with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Not that there was a situation of trade and draft compensation, but that you ask yourself, you know, upon further review, Going out and getting Brady, was it worth it? Any Tampa Bay Bucks fan would have to say it was. Um, I use the example with the LA Rams and Matthew Stafford. Went out and got him. In that case, there was draft compensation. Um, you know, the, the infamous F them picks um, theory <laughs> that was assigned to the Rams GM. They went out and won a Super Bowl title. So, again, no one is looking back on that now questioning what the Rams gave up to get um, to get Stafford. So in this instance, I would say give, give us the same opportunity to see if the asset appreciates and, and, or, or depreciates. But on the surface, if I have to give a verdict today on April 25th, I would say yes. On the surface, it looks like we gave up a bit too much. Okay. What about you, Mark? This is this is a, a quarterback that has now come and usurped the um, the Giants in the minds of the New York faithful. Everybody's talking about Aaron Rodgers, but do you see this 
as an overpay? Uh, no, actually. Um, I don't see it as overpay because the Jets went after Rodgers. They wanted Rodgers. And, and okay, maybe, maybe if it's won and done, maybe you might feel that way. I don't know. But at least if he gives you two years, I don't think so. Because, and, of course, it comes down to how well the team does. But if the team does well, it really doesn't matter, right? But on the surface, it's really a second-round pick this year and basically a first-round pick next year. As far as top-notch quarterbacks go, that's not a lot. I know he's 39 years old, but he's only one year removed from two consecutive MVP seasons. So I don't really think it's overpay at all. I actually, I actually think it's fine. The proof is in the is in the is in the put. I I think there are other things <laughs> other than just the compensation. The compensation is what compensation is. I think there are other things. The Jets they do have a good team, um, but playing in New York is different from playing in Green Bay, and now you've got to get accustomed to all the players around you. Last year, when there were new receivers around Rodgers, that took a long time before that sort of worked out. Even Brady, when he went to Tampa, it took till maybe till after the bye till for them to, to gel. Um, so I think it's other things like that that you may be expecting a bit too much. That's my opinion. Okay. So... <clears throat> I guess I will be the, the dissenting voice here, Ricky, because I do believe that this was an overpay. I do believe when we look at the entirety of the situation, so we, we remember from the end of the regular season, we were hearing that Rodgers was most likely going to be on the outs from Green Bay. And then there was a talk of, well, potentially he may learn at the Jets. You know, there's the Jets and there are other teams that might be involved. And then he comes out and he says, well, is the Jets or nothing, really. I want to play for the Jets. I'm not playing here in Green Bay anymore. I would not have expected that it would have taken as much as it did for you to be able to get him out of Green Bay. So when I look at the, the draft compensation, so yes, we do have first off is a pick swap, basically, in the mm -hmm. first round. The Packers move up two spots from 15th to 13th. Okay. You get back a pick there, and then you give up, um, or you get back a fifth round pick as well. But if nobody really cares too much about who turns mm -hmm. up in the fifth round, so they could easily just throw that in there, they don't care about that. But you give up this year's first, this year's second, and next year's second. That if Rogers stays healthy. There's no way he doesn't hit that 65% mark. So we could basically pencil that right now as the first-round pick next year. So you've given up two firsts and a second. Well, not two firsts. You've got him back a first. You've given up a second and a first next year for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he might come in and he may be able to give you what you need, what you're looking for in quarterback production because this is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. But at the same time, this is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. Who could wake up? in week eight and decided to say, mate, I had enough of this New York media. I had enough of all this stress and all these people talking about me all the time. I probably just blow the rest of the season and then I'm done. And then what do you have? You're back then to Zach Wilson next year because you don't have the first round pick to go get another quarterback. I know we often hear the talk that if you have picks in years going forward, that you basically discount that pick by around every for every year that the pick is waiting to accrue. But when we look at next year, and it's mostly going to be a first-round pick, if the Jets look, or sorry, if the Jets don't look good this season, then that pick is going to be pretty good for Green Bay. And we don't know what they're going to look like now when they put the youngster on the center. So I think that you could have gotten Rogers for less, especially knowing that you know the draft is literally two days away. Um, Interesting. No, no rebuttal from me, sir. At I, this point, I just happy to have a quarterback, <laughs> and 
Are you ready to get rolling? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I actually think it's quite good. I, I don't see. I, to the fifth and the sixth swap out the um, the thirteenth and fifteenth pick in in the in the uh, in the uh, in this year's draft. They swap out essentially, so you get him Rogers for second rounder and a first rounder. What's Rogers worth? He's got to be at least worth a second rounder or first round. It got to be worth something. I can I, I I mean in 2018 when um when OBJ was traded he got a first two firsts and and a third so I you know to me <laughs> to me that I I can't I can't see how it's overpaid at all but anyway thanks. Yeah, we, we also got a first for a safety called Jamal Adams um that year as well so it I I I do agree but I I've learned with this thing called the NFL. That you have to wait and see what direction yeah. the asset goes. Yeah, yeah, point taken. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see if this is sizzle, if it's just pure sizzle, or if there's some steak to go with said sizzle. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We will see. Now, of course, this is probably the first domino to fall this week, because whenever we're looking at the NFL draft or draft week. This is when GMs tend to get a lot of work done. We, they probably laid a lot of groundwork and they did a lot of the building up to the trades that have happened or are going to happen this week, both before the draft and on draft night. So, gentlemen, do you see any p- other potential trades that could affect this draft? Because, you know, the names DeAndre Hopkins right now is out there. Ryan Tannehill is also being floated around quite a bit. Mark, do you see any other potential trades that could shake up this draft and shake up this draft order? I, th- I think there's going to be some surprises in this draft because they're, they're probably... I see some people say that they have like 23 players as first round grades. I don't really see it. I see it more like 15 or 16, to be honest with you. And so I think a lot of funny things are going to go on. I mean, the Texans are there saying that that they might not even take a quarterback. Whether that's a smoke screen or or whether they just don't like any of the quarterbacks in the um, in the draft, except for rumored. Uh, uh, Bryce Young, who they feel is going to be picked first, I don't know, but um, it, it's interesting. I, I don't know what to. I'm not sure the thing. We saw some last year with Eagles and so forth. So I think I think it's possible, but I don't know if I I would see a trading of a quarterback or anything. Like that. I don't I don't think so. I mean, because you're 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 you mentioned Tannehill there. I'm not seeing that. Um, they have to be in the market for a quarterback. I see them. I see them picking one in the draft. That's what I see. Okay, interesting. So not even rolling with Malik Willis after this rookie season that they mostly dip their toe back in for another gunslinger. I don't. I don't see Malik Willis as as particularly special. Um, I know some people do, but I. I don't. Um, I mean, he dropped it third round. I, I similarly with the uh, Commanders. There's Sam Hall. They say they're rolling with him. I find that interesting too. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Well, well, you Ricky, do you see any other trades that could affect this draft? Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the record with two of them, sir. I'm looking forward to coming back next Tuesday. <laughs> I'll be egg on my face or scrambling eggs. I believe the Minnesota Vikings are going to try and successfully move Dalvin Cook. Um, because we have not seen a team put that much money into the running back position and make it to the Super Bowl furthermore win it um, and then the second one is I do think Hopkins will be moved on draft night as well so those are those are two that I willing to, to put out there and say I will not be surprised if those two players are moved because they're I, I'm not sure of the value that they bring in terms of leadership and their teams going to the next level Mm-hmm. And they're certainly eating up some salary cap space that the team made decide, look, it's better to, to bail out on this now. Okay. So, 
Brandon Tannehill, he still stays then in Tennessee, you think? Yeah, yeah well, the challenge for um, a quarterback in this environment is that a team has to be willing to say, okay, do you fit our system? And do we have enough time to assimilate you into our system or to tweak our system around you? Um, I, I don't think Tannehill is a player worth putting yourself through all of that stress over uh, to have to change the system or get him to adjust to the system. So, no, I, I, I don't think Tannehill moves on that basis. Okay. Well, I mean, I this is the area where I am weakest when it comes to the um, – when it comes to the draft, and I know there are teams out there that are looking for quarterbacks. There are teams that don't have a quarterback. I usually say that this is the season for lies and lying because <laughs> everybody right now is trying to spin everything where they can probably try to gain some kind of advantage. So, yeah, nobody might be looking at Tannehill. But if this draft is proceeding and they recognize that they, they didn't get who they wanted, then anything, anything yeah. at all is Very possible. True. So now we've talked about the, the players, impact players that could be on the move. Let's talk about the impact players in the draft that we've been hearing so much about. And these are two quarterbacks that there have been plenty, plenty of conversation about and that is Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Now I am not the college exp- college football expert. I, I hardly watch many of the college games to be honest. But Bryce Young, he was playing for the Alabama Crimson Tide, if memory serves me correct. He that is, is correct. The, he is the Heisman winner of this past season. And he's also supposedly five foot ten and 185 pounds. So the conversation <laughs> is, is this man too small to come and play quarterback in the NFL? Then there is C.J. Stroud. I mean, we could talk about Anthony Richardson. We could talk about all the whole gamut of these guys. But these were the two that I think the conversation has been most interesting around. C.J. Stroud, correct me if I'm wrong, he was the quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes. And he was the one that up until recently, was being touted as even being the number one pick in the draft until he went and did this wonder licks test where he apparently scored 18, not 8 I don't care where you are studying in the world, 18% is a fail. So now the conversation is, is CJ Stroud too stupid to get drafted? So, gentlemen, tell me about Bryce Young. Tell me about C.J. Stroud. What is going on? I'm going to start with this one since I I do watch a lot of college football. Um, I I, I made this comment in in a few um, online circles over the last week. I think last week. Because I feel as if every time we get to the eve of the draft now, um, the media, whether that is the traditional media or that is the new media in the digital space, seems to find a way, along with, um, obviously, um, operatives for the NFL teams, <laughs> to pick a particular player, embarrass them on the eve of, of, of that. We hear this kind of stuff. We don't hear it all along, then all of a sudden it's leaked. It's always leaked within a, a week or 72 hours from the draft. For some reason, C.J. Stroud is there. The only thing for me in connecting the dots is the criticism that Brady Quinn, former NFL QB, had of C.J. Stroud for not showing up when he was invited to be a part of the Manning ESPN Plus um, special, where they covered um, quarterbacks. So you had Hendon Hooker on there. You had Bryce Young on there. And allegedly, C.J. Stroud was invited and opted not to participate um so that came out and then literally three days after then we heard about the test scores with cj stroke i am not saying they didn't have the scores in the 18th percentile but i just find it very convenient that this has happened now 
I am now in the point where I am eagerly awaiting the, the draft to see where he goes because somebody wants him painted in this manner. And that, that, that's the only real thing um, that I could conclude. Somebody wants to paint CJ Stroud in a negative light on the eve of this 2023 draft. Oh, you, Mark. Do you have more to add on Stroud? Do you want to talk about Young? Where do you want to go? I, I, I like my quarterbacks, big sir. I, I, I'm not a five ten, five ten, QB guy. They got you have to be part, part you have to be particularly special. I, I the ones that I can think of, Drew Brees, he was six feet. Um, uh, what's his name? Russell Wilson. Yeah, look at the monker running wrong and so forth. He has has to do, and now he's got to uh, adjust a new offense. Um, there is also Mike Vick. So, and I mean, and you see with those guys that how far back from the line of scrimmage they go when they're passing because they have to be able to see. So they really take a big drop back and then they, you know, so I, I am not a, I'm not a fan. I, I, you, you see the, you see the, the, well, you see the, the, the trials and errors that uh, Kyle Murray is going through right now. Murray is going through. I, you know, I don't know. So I'm not a I'm not a fan of small quarterbacks at all, especially it translates into the NFL level. And so even the ones that I mentioned there, there's definitely some success in two specifically, big success, but limited success in the others. Yeah, I mean, so Bryce Young, Bryce Young, he is like I said, in, in my leading, he's under six feet tall. He's under 200 pounds. And I remember the days of when I was under 200 pounds. I was <laughs> 100. I was six, one, 140 pounds soaking wet when I was 17 <laughs> years old. And you can imagine what 140 pounds on a six foot one frame looked like. And I was not out there taking hits from people that were twice my weight not even my size but twice my weight so there's a reason why somebody will be looking at Bryce Young in the beginning at the top of the draft and that reason is their team sucked last year <laughs> and because their team sucked it was not just that they didn't have a quarterback the team was not good and part of the team is the offensive line. And when you take a man that small and you're sticking behind a bad offensive line, well, only bad things happen. So I, too, am a little bit concerned for Mr. Young because we know that he is supposedly relatively elusive. But at that size, you better be <laughs> because when you have these behemoths, coming your way you need to be able to get out of said way i am i would be a little bit concerned about taking bryce young at the very very top of this draft but i mean if you were to fall to you maybe in one of those middle picks then why not you know i mean you could take a chance but where cj Stroud is concerned i agree with the sentiment that you've given ricky which is that for some reason, every year when we get to this point of the draft, there is always a player. More than often, this player resembles the three of us that are on this panel today. And oftentimes, this player also is trained to play the most critical position in the NFL, which is quarterback. And somehow, some way, this player suddenly finds himself in the crosshairs of the media who are going out of their way to destroy him and make him look less than he actually is. Now, I cannot tell you that I've seen any of CJ Stroud's tape. I did not watch Ohio State play one game this season past. But I remember that CJ Strode was in the running for the Heisman, wasn't he? Wasn't he one of the finalists? That is that is correct, sir. He went to New York City on a cold Saturday in December. All right. So 
The fact is, if he was one of the finalists for the Heisman, he can't be a bad quarterback. But the other thing that we're also hearing is the talk about Ohio State quarterbacks, and that Ohio State quarterbacks usually aren't any good. So he has a lot of knocks working against him, not least of all the fact that there seems to be a campaign to ruin him even before this draft gets started. My best of luck, my hopes, wishes, and dreams for you, Mr. Stroud. I hope you end up with a good organization. Unfortunately, I know that organization will not be the Saints, because even if you were to fall that far, we've already given Derek Carr four years and a no-trade clause, so he's going to be there for the foreseeable future. Anyhow, as we did last year, we are going to draft. Well, you guys are going to draft because Ken does not know nearly enough people to participate in said exercise. Last year, we did a mock draft. We picked the entirety of the first round. There were 32 picks then. And we hit 26 of that 32. And that was all due to the expertise. Of my esteemed colleagues here. So this year we have 31 picks in the NFL first in the NFL draft first round. Miami, the Miami Dolphins, they have lost their first round pick. They were originally to pick in the 21st spot, but they forfeited that pick. And that was because they tried to tap up my former head coach, who is now here in Denver, and tried to get a certain Tom Brady to come over to them. Incidentally, that is also what led to the firing of Mr. Brian Flores. There's lots and lots of skeletons <laughs> in that Dolphins closet. But anyhow, we are going to draft. And I'm using the Tankathon. Um, tankathon.com they have the 2023 NFL draft order as of this recording April 25th at 6.32pm so if somebody trades something at 7 do not blame us we did not <laughs> know so pick number 1 pick number 1 is the Chicago Bears well they had the pick but they've traded that with the Carolina Panthers so the Panthers are on the clock so, Mark, with the first pick of the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select? Well, the Carolina Panthers need QB. Obviously, that's why they went up to the top, right? Um, so, my thoughts on the QB situation, I just want to pre preface this by saying my thoughts on the QB situation. And it's not a popular thought. My number one QB is Will Levis. I know that that's not a popular thought. I don't expect the Carolina Panthers to pick Will Levis. However, there's talk out there that Bryce Young is the choice. I don't know whether that's smoke screen or not, but I don't see that as a as a choice of Frank Wright. I don't. That's not his. That's not his uh, mo. Um, however, it may be that the GM may win out that battle. And uh, there may be some sort of internal battle going on there. However, so much for that speculation. Having said all that, I am going to go with CJ Stroud because I just believe that that's more the guy that Frank Wright would want to go with. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. So that might be, be good for the Texans. Mm. So CJ Stroud, even though he scored 18% on the test, he is going first overall, according to the Green Beige Draft. So second pick then is the Houston Texans, Ricky. And the Houston Texans are on the clock. And with the second pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Texans select. The Texans are fortunate. They have the second pick and they have the 12th pick. I believe they're going to go towards the DNA of their head coach. And they're going to go with Will Anderson Jr., Edge, from the University of Alabama. I think the coach plays to his DNA and fixes or works on his defense with the second pick. 
All right, so D'Amico Reyes gets a brand new toy to play with in his defensive sandbox. All right, so now we're over to the third pick, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. This team had more holes in them than a block of Swiss cheese. So, Mark, with the third pick in the 2023 draft, the Arizona Cardinals select? Well, it is said that the, that the draft begins at number two. And Ricky definitely threw me a curveball there. They <laughs> expected that they might have gone for Bryce Young. <laughs> and, uh, and after Will Anderson, Jalen Carter is probably the best guy on this um, in this roster. But however, that's not a weakness for them, really, to be honest. So I'm going to go with uh, Tyree Wilson, edge rusher. Hmm. All right. You know, one of the things that I absolutely love whenever we go through this exercise is the way how the two of you make these picks and upset your respective draft boards <laughs> when you do this, which is exactly what happens. Yeah, which happens on the draft as well. Everybody, they have their boards and then players start to disappear and you have to, you have to adjust. So, Ricky, we're back with you. No, the Indianapolis Colts, they are on the clock with the fourth overall pick. So, with that pick, the Colts select. Will Levis, QB, University of Kentucky Wildcats. I believe that this particular um, team has an eye on this particular quarterback. They have not moved up because they probably are again looking to roll the die that this qb will fall to them so in the in the um <laughs> in the spirit of what can happen on the night marcus will levis qb kentucky Wildcats. we are we are pivoting let the horse know that we are pivoting here on the fly <laughs> yeah definitely pivoting on the fly um i like that pick ricky because i like will levis and they think that makes sense. I'm hearing rumors about him to Colts. Don't know if that's true, but I like that pick. All right. So now with the fifth pick, the Denver Broncos, their pick has actually been conveyed over to the Seattle Seahawks. And if memory serves me correctly, this was from that trade that brought Russell Wilson here to the Mulhai City. So, Mark, who is Seattle selecting with their first Seattle is going to select Jalen Carter, bad boy Jalen Carter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 coach there, um, what's his name, Pete? Carroll. 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 Yeah, went. Sorry, uh, senior moment there. Uh, Pete Carroll. Uh, he feels he can handle uh, people who are a little rough around the edges. So. I think uh, Jalen Carter is in. And that's definitely something that they definitely need. So, Jalen Carter. All right. So, this is also a show of support for Gino that I'm not taking a quarterback at the top of this draft. Yeah. Good for no, you, I don't. Gino. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. All right, Ricky. So, the LA Rams, you know, you talk about their GM and how he had this um, expletive approach to first round picks so their first round pick this is also conveyed to detroit and that is with the trade for matthew stafford so with the sixth overall pick in this draft the detroit lions select devon witherspoon cornerback the reality of it is once we saw akuda we traded to the atlanta falcons and this is a team that needs um, cornerback help badly so uh the the man that likes to break your kneecaps <laughs> goes and addresses his secondary with devon witherspoon all right so we got six picks in and so far the short guy bryce young he's still waiting in the green room probably wondering what's going on so mark does he jump off the board now at number seven with Vegas with the Raiders, or does he still continue to wait? That's a very interesting question. Um, I hear that they that they 
maybe they like him, but I, you know, who knows? I, I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. I think um, the Raiders, they, they need a few things. I mean, they can go with edge. They can go with offensive line. Um, but I think they're going to go with CB. So I'm going with Christian Gonzalez. All right. So quarterback to the Raiders. All right, Ricky. Number mm-hmm. eight, Dirty Birds of Atlanta. They are on the clock, and the Atlanta Falcons, they select? The Atlanta Falcons are one of those teams that you cannot figure them out, generally. However, one thing we saw from last year was a serious commitment to running the football. It is a part of the DNA of their head coach from his days with Tennessee. And it is something that I believe they will pursue with this eighth pick. They break the conventional wisdom. They go to the heart of Texas and they select one Bijan Robinson, running back, University of Texas. No, I have to I have to pause here a second because I have been <laughs> hearing nothing but good things about Bijan Robinson. That he is literally a monster that you can have in the backfield and does a significant amount of damage running the football. And you believe that he is going to be a top ten pick. Not even just a first round pick, but a top ten pick in this draft. Okay. I, I, I believe that there are two teams in the top 10 that could go after him on the basis of finding a weapon for their quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that are on the clock, quarterbacks that maybe only have a year left to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. Atlanta is in that position with Desmond Ritter, and Chicago is in that position as well um, with Justin Fields. So in terms of finding a weapon, someone that can do things rushing and receiving, yes, I do think that eight or nine could upset the apple cart and take Bijan in the top ten. All right. Actually, ten, ten, ten could do as well for the Eagles. The Eagles, yeah. So eight, nine, or ten, uh, Ken, this is the sweet spot where Bijan could, could surprise us and go early. All right. Well, I mean, you gave me a perfect leading, Ricky. So since Bijan Robinson has gone to Atlanta at eight, then Mark, Chicago via Carolina, they are picking ninth in this draft. So with the ninth pick in the 2023 NFL draft, the Chicago Bears select. Peter Skoronsky, offensive tackle. Now, some people have him think he might be a, a better guard because his arms are a little shorter. However, I think he's the best offensive line um, candidate in this draft. And I'm happy to try him at, at, at tackle until he proves me otherwise that he can't play tackle. Rashawn Slater had the same issue um, where they said his arms are too short at 32 inch and he's doing just fine. So I'm, Peter, I'm, I'm, I'm picking Peter Skoronsky. And definitely Chicago needs offensive line help to protect quarterback. They definitely need offensive line help. Yeah, that is for sure. If there's one thing that Chicago did not have last year, it was an offensive line, and that caused no end of problems for their quarterback. So now we move on to the number 10 pick. This is one that burns my heart because I didn't think the Saints needed to do what they did last year. But, I mean, they did it anyway. So, now we have transferred our first-round pick this season to the Philadelphia Eagles. Those who were just in the Super Bowl. The rich keep getting richer. So, tell me, Ricky, who is the Eagles picking at number 10? The Eagles did so much to disrupt and dismantle their defense in the offseason that it had many of us scratching our heads. I'll scratch no more as they go for the six foot five, 275 pound edge rusher out of Iowa, Lucas Van Ness. Okay. So we go edge with the Eagles. I, I actually thought that you may have said somewhere in the secondary for them in this one, but 
we go we go edge instead yeah i don't think secondary they have they brought back in um um they brought back the, the two the two cbs from last year mm-hmm. um i don't think if any if in the secondary it might need some safety help but they can get that later down the draft okay all right they okay. gotta replace hard drives. okay so now with the 11th pick we have the tennessee titans on the clock so mark with the 11th pick in the draft the tennessee titans select right that's a, that's an interesting one because mm-hmm. i would have thought will levis might have thought fall, possibly fallen to them and i think they would have taken them but um at this point in time i don't think that again i don't think that bryce young fits that mold again I, we could all be wrong about this right and um but so i'm gonna go with offensive lineman offensive tackle to be precise Harris Johnson okay I do know that they do have to replace Taylor Luan who is no longer with them so yep agree. yeah that is that would be a solid pick if not necessarily the player at least for the position so now the Houston Texas Ricky you mentioned that they had two and they had 12 and now we're back with them again at 12. this is a pick that they got from the Cleveland Browns so with the 12th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select. They run to the board and they select Bryce Young, quarterback, University of Alabama. And for right. the record, if they, if they take Bryce Young at two, I still want the credit for this pick, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no problem, well, sir. The thing is, the thing is, is that um, as I was picking the Titans, I was going, I can leave Bryce Young here for Ricky at Texans. That's not more than <laughs> that is correct. I, I expect that um I, I expect something in return from you, okay? No problem, sir. No problem, sir. <laughs> what we're doing here though, just for Ken, is that we are predicting that one of these quote unquote brand name QBs will fall. Yeah. It is just a question of watching on Thursday night to see which one falls. Yeah, which one falls. I that, that is a tough one to try to 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 work out because there's so much smoke screens and so much stuff going on. I'm just eager to see what's going to happen on the night. <laughs> right. So now, Mark, you have the 13th pick. We know that that was where the Jets were initially going to pick, but now that is where the Green Bay Packers are going to pick. So with the 13th pick in the NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers select. Right. So I think this is where now the first uh, wide receiver comes off the board. So I'm going to go with... Uh, Jackson Smith, the Enigma. <laughs> okay. Well, at least know that I don't have um, Aaron Rodgers there anymore. Maybe a young wide receiver will actually get some good play early on in the uh-huh. year. So good for them. They get a quarter, they get a wide receiver at number 13. And that brings us now to Ricky, your um, division rivals, the New England Patriots, picking at 14. Who does the Patriots pick up at this point? The Patriots um, are a team that likes to build from the trenches. So I, I, I don't see them breaking from that habit. I think they go with Darnell Wright, offensive tackle. All right. So the Patriots have an offensive tackle. Of course, Ricky, we have to give you the opportunity to pick for your squad. So I know you're picking at 15. So tell me about number 15. Who does the Jets know decide to bring in having landed their quarterback of the present? Right. Because I believe there are probably four decent offensive tackles in this draft in terms of a a, a first tier. The New York Jets then select Broderick Jones, the last of the four offensive tackles in this tier. All right, so we, we have offensive tackle going again. Now, we were going odds and evens, Ricky, but no, because your Jets were picking at 15, that kind of threw us off. So are you mm-hmm. picking again now for the Washington Commanders at 16? Yes, yes sir. A All team right. that is in dire need of cornerback help. And just to stick it to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
the Washington <laughs> Commanders run to the podium and select Joey Porter Jr. cornerback. All right. So before we move on, Mark, we have a comment in the chat that was directed directly at you. And this is from Mr. Justin Marvel of hashtag this Justin. He says, come My on, guy. Mark, you have to My know... Guy. No wide receiver is going to Green Bay in the first round. It will either be a lineman or an edge rusher. And to that, your response is welcome, Justin. I was, think, welcome. I was thinking, I was thinking of Justin when I was doing the pick, actually. And I was thinking, now that Rogers is now out of Green Bay, the Packers will actually just just for no, fun yeah. will pick no. a wide receiver in the first round. <laughs> no. Not them Green Bay Packers. Not just the <laughs> Marvel's Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I, well, we will see what happens on the night. We'll I see will what personally call. I will personally call Justin that night if that happens. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, but his response is that he would love that too. <laughs> but that here happened. Uh, it may not happen, but I, I, I'm sticking my neck out there, right? Because I mean, I looked at their needs. If I'm right, certainly wide receivers are one big need they have. Um, tight end, they're not going to pick a tight end at that at that spot. Edge, um, maybe, but I don't know. The couple of edges gone off the board already. They may not value them at that at that level. Interior offensive line, it's possible they could they could. I mean, you got Osiris Torrance and so forth. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I love it. I love it indeed. So now we're over to the 17th pick, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Mark, who are the Pittsburgh Steelers taking in this year's draft? Right. So I would have loved to uh, reunite Joey Porter Jr. with, you know, with, you know, <laughs> over yeah, there. But unfortunately, Ricky re- did not return the favor and and, and, and see like I <laughs> did earlier, you see. So this show has uh, a second half, sir. This show has a second half. Again, <laughs> this show has a second half. We still got, has, we still yeah. got a hold of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think, I think they're um, also. Let me see. Let me just look at my offensive tackles here, because there are some that interest me. There, there's also um, CB. I just wondering. I'm thinking. You know what? I'm going to go with the Auntie, um, the Auntie Banks. Okay. I think he's. I think he's. You know, I I, I like the Auntie Banks generally speaking, and um, I'm going to go with that. All right. So Justin said that he thought that Nolan Smith is. I saw that. Name. I saw that. I like Nolan Smith too. Not sure if I like him at 17, but I like him. Okay. So Ricky. Number 18, the Detroit Lions are on the clock, picking for the second time in this first round. Who are the Lions taking at 18? This is a franchise that's taken Eric Ebron in the first round. They've taken TJ Hawkinson in the first round. And they will continue with that tradition and take Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Utah, in the first round. All right, so another tight end for Detroit after they got rid of Hawkinson. You know, anything is possible, really and truly. So, yeah, that that sounds pretty solid to me. All right, Mark. So number 19, now we get into the wild card round losers, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who've also lost Tom Brady in this offseason and brought in Baker Mayfield. (laughs) So (laughs) tell me, Mark, who are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafting at 19? Well, I think there is one special um, safety in this draft who can also play um, nickel. So I'm going to select uh, Brian Batch out of Alabama as the pick for the Bucks. Okay, no problem. So coming back to you again, Mark, with the yeah. Seattle Seahawks. They are now picking at 20. So... After picking out five, now they're back here again for their second pick in this first round. And who are the Seahawks taking at number 20? All right. So let me just go 
me just double check my um i'm going interior defensive line here that's the direction i'm gonna go in oh no sorry i went there already i got mixed up with my uh with my choices this draft room sounds like he's under pressure, Mr. Horse. The draft <laughs> war room, war room under pressure. Um, Justin, war room under pressure. Right. No, I got mixed up with the two picks. Uh, Seahawks are going to go with Miles Murphy. All right. So, Mr. Murphy, edge rush. Yes, you are the second pick of this draft going to Seattle. So. We know how um, Pete Carroll and that defense, they like to, how they like to do things. So now that we've established who is going to Seattle now, we are going to the Chargers, the LA Chargers. And I think this is you again, Mark? Yes, it's me again. So who are the Chargers taking now at 21? They are going to go with Titan Michael Myers. All right, so another big body pass catcher heading mm -hmm. out there in charger land of course we, we have to wait and see how good they can be utilized with a head coach that tends to get into his own way but we're not here to talk about uh, mr Staley today we are we are drafting so now we're at number 22 baltimore they are still waiting on their quarterback to decide if he's coming back or not but mark sorry ricky tell me who are the ravens going to take with their first pick of this draft the ravens are going to do right by that said quarterback and they're going to go to the florist and select Zay Flowers, wide receiver, University, Boston College. All right. So that wide receiver room is, is definitely getting beefed up this offseason. Oda Beckham Jr. is in. They already had Duvernay in there as the penciled number one. And now we have another receiver coming to Baltimore. Things don't forget Aguilar. So don't forget Aguilar. That big creation statement, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm glad AJ is not here to <laughs> to respond to you talking about Nelson Aguilar. Good evening, AJ. When you watch the show, good evening, <laughs> <laughs> Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> All right. So there was talk before about Minnesota and potentially looking to move off Dalvin Cook. So no, Mark number twenty-three. That is the Minnesota Vikings. Who are well, they selecting? Well, again, bad minded Ricky chose the flowers <laughs> for the Ravens. I don't know why you would do that. You already got OBG. I don't know why you would want to choose him for. But anyway, the Vikings also <laughs> need a wide receiver. They go with Jordan Addison. Okay. So, yeah, because um, Adam Thielen is no longer there. And I'm sure that they want to have a credible number two to here with Justin Jefferson so yeah that that sounds like if that's a good direction for them to go so Ricky I'm coming back to you now we're over into the guys who lost in the divisional round that is first the Jacksonville Jaguars who are the Jaguars selecting with the 24th pick in the draft I'm gonna say good night again to Appleton Wisconsin to Mr. Justin Marvel, as the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to follow his comment in the chat and select Nolan Smith, edge rusher, with the 24th pick. <laughs> and I saw the kid that put another sport in Mark's view. I guess we shall see shortly. Mark, your Giants, your Giants are on the board. So who are the Giants going to select now with the 25th pick in this 2023 draft? The Giants might do like the Vikings back in 2005 and don't get their pick in time. Because definitely <laughs> it was going to put in Nolan Smith, I can tell you that. <laughs> so we're ready to take Nolan Smith right there, which was a bit of a shocker, actually. I didn't expect You know that, that could happen on your night, sir. You know that could happen on your night. Well, I know that they, they they could use Edge for sure, but I didn't expect it. I didn't I didn't expect it to, to go with Nolan Smith. You know, I didn't think. Okay, so New York, on the other hand, Giants now, who signed a a Sean, uh, Johnson um, just recently, just yesterday, as a matter of fact. I'm oh, not sorry, Monday. 
Yeah, wait, what's the Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just signed, so their their need for interior uh, defensive linemen is not as not as prevalent. But you know, you can never have too many. So I'm looking at the board. I'm gonna go with Brian Breezy or Breeze. Okay. So no about to Hurricane, the Dallas Cowboys. They are on the clock. So who do the Cowboys select in their first pick of this year's draft? They select who I feel may be the only linebacker taken in this first round. Jack Campbell, linebacker, Iowa Hawkeye. Okay, interesting. I know they still have Leighton Van Der Esch there. You know, he's seemed to have put his injury woes behind him. And Sean Lee, I think he's still there as well. So it's yeah. interesting. What, that what it was, left, was left of them, yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'll say no more. So now the 27th pick, the Buffalo Bills, they are on the clock, Mr. Thompson. And with the 27th pick of this year's draft, the Buffalo Bills select. Two choices. Um, Quinton Johnson is still there on the board. Um, they could use a wide receiver. But Very true. Um, I think I'm going to go with Osiris Torrance. Interior lineman. Okay. And probably some people think is the best lineman. It's certainly interior lineman in this draft. So now, the, we go to those who lost in the conference championship. And first up is the AFC losers, the Cincinnati Bengals. They are picking at 28. So, Ricky, who are the Bengals selecting at 28? They are going to select Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback. Lord knows they need it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they will not um, be still spreading burnt applesauce. Stop, stop bobbing for apples, correct. Yeah. So that is Cincinnati. And then my New Orleans Saints, they found a way to sneak into the first round of the draft. And the way that they snuck into the first round of the draft is that they got a first round pick from the Denver Broncos in the acquisition of the rights to Sean Payton. This first round pick that they received from the Broncos is one that they received from the San Francisco 49ers. This pick, you see, nobody wants it because it's just passing hands. So tell me, Mark, 29, 29th pick of this draft, who are my Saints taking? Oh, sorry. Things frozen there. 29th pick of this draft, the uh, Saints are going to, collect, uh, going to select uh, Kalaja Kansi, interior D-liner. Okay. I know we did get some, we did have some big departures there. So, that's you, heard hmm? you had heard me? All right, I'm going to show Yeah, I heard you, I heard you, yeah. I heard you. Yeah. yeah, we got you. So, since they're picking an interior D-liner, Lord knows we'll need that, not necessarily for our division, because our division is going to be trash, but we will need that if we're going to be competitive further than just in the South. So, Ricky, now for your final pick, which is the Philadelphia Eagles pick, they are 30th after picking 10th. So, with the 30th pick in the NFL draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select... No, I must admit here, I am, I am very, very torn because the Eagles and their general manager are one of those um, franchises, let me say, that on a night like this, I just have a feeling that they will do something. And... Like everything else, you don't know what Howie is going to do, but you do know he is going to do it. So <laughs> I think he's going to go counter to um, 
you know, general theory, and I think he's going to go back to the University of Alabama and select a weapon for his, what is he now, a $200 million man QB, and select Jameer Gibbs, running back, University of Alabama. Okay. All right, Mark. And now you get to make the pick for the Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. What are the Chiefs going to do to help prepare them to run this back in 2023-2024? Uh, the bottom of the first round, they're going to select wide receiver Quentin Johnson. All right. And that is the first round of the draw, folks. We have made our picks, but even before we got on air, I was told that if you were going to hand these gentlemen 25 of 31, right now they'll snatch your hand off because this draft promises to be exciting with quite a lot of moves being touted, if not expected. Gentlemen, do you have any closing words for the folks as we are about to get out of here? I would say if we get 20 of these, 30 would be very good. Um, I, I, I think um, there are likely to be um, a lot of possibly trade backs. I mean, people say that, and then, but you have to have somebody to trade with. But there probably will be one or two people dropping out. And uh, when they, like say, for instance, my Giants, for instance, at 25, if I could, I would have traded back over that. See if I could collect another third round pick or something like that there. I don't think I get another second, another third round pick. So I could have a, a few more bites at chair because I think the sweet spot after you pass the first 15 in this draft, the sweet spot is going to be that second and, and, and third round, second and third round because you have a lot of um, uh, cornerbacks, you have a lot of wide receivers, and they're not necessarily um, all world, but they're pretty good. And we got a lot of them in between their tight ends. So I, I, I think that, that that's a sweet spot there. So if I could, I, I would have. And from my perspective, the, 20, the 25th pick has been traded six consecutive times. Six consecutive times. Wow. <laughs> so wow. That's, my, that's my thought on this one. What about you, Ricky? Any closing thoughts? My, yeah, my closing remark is is a good, a good learning experience as to how a player falls because we didn't select Anthony Richardson um, quarterback, University of Florida, which would mean that if it runs to, to form, he would be a player that falls into the second round. No, we saw it happen last year with Malik Willis. Um, he fell lower than people expected. Actually, Desmond Ritter, QB for the Falcons, went before Malik Willis did. So what I think what we are saying here is that we think that one of these players, one of these QBs may actually fall. There's thoughts that Hendon Hooker might make it into the first round and make it at number five. So I think that's the intriguing message here. It's, it's interesting because we, we made it a point to do this based on the needs that we saw listed on the Draft Network website. And if you do that and you kind of stick to the board based on the needs of these teams, you see things like this happening so it's going to be interesting but that's the one observation that i would that i would know i must say i was tempted to pull the trigger on uh, anthony richardson when i made the pick on behalf of the lions at 18. um but again we will see how it goes but i actually found this one more entertaining than last year because of how wide open the, the the evaluations of the talent are and i also want to close by noting that only 17 and this is the kind of points that ken has kind of conditioned us to know only 17 players have been invited to kansas city for thursday night at the draft uh, that is also significant because it means that enough players are probably uncomfortable and would rather celebrate at home with the family and hope that they make it into the first round than to find themselves sitting down in the green room and then having to come back for day two. So that is also notable that only 17 accepted the invitation to be there in Kansas City on Thursday night. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think that, I mean, I think what you said is absolutely accurate. And I think that's why I think I, I see a lot of trading up because somebody's going to fall, whether it be Levis or 
and probably more likely be Levis than than, than Richardson Young possibly, but Richardson possibly uh, uh, as well. I really, I, I don't. Richardson is one year star, and I, I can't, I just, I, I can't bring myself to to pick him like that. So, and in any case, no matter, you know, yeah, he can throw the ball. He has all the attributes and everything, but I mean. You know, it's still one year of experience, and he wasn't even that great in that one year. And so I, I, I couldn't see myself doing that. I, you know, I mean, so I just think people would trade up, though, at the back of the first round to take chances on Hooker, who was injured, on uh, Richardson or whoever they feel. That's what I think about him. All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for your expertise again this year as we have gone through a drafting exercise. We've picked the entire first round. And now it is over to the teams to make you gentlemen look like the sages that you are. We have 31 picks that will be made on Thursday. Lots of hopeful young men. Ricky, as you said, 17 players have accepted to go to Kansas City. That means that ESPN, ABC, and those guys have a lot of camera crews that are going to be going to various houses and hoping for the best. And we know that while many guys do hear their names called around the time that they expect to be, there's always one or two that wait a lot longer than they anticipated, and you know there will be some disappointment there. We wish all the best to all these gentlemen as you know the draft is going to be held over the next well it's going to start in two days and then it's going to run for three 255 picks generally speaking is is usually the number this year it seems like it's going to be 254. congratulations dolphins you've made it an even number for once <laughs> but we will see we will see what happens and we three will be right back here again next week to take a look at what each team has done We'll handle some draft grades. We'll see how we did versus how the teams picked. And of course, well, we'll see if AJ is back. If you don't know for sure, if he's here, we'll welcome him. And if he's not, well, we'll probably clone him again. So on behalf of all of us here at the Green Ridge Podcast, we thank you so much for being here with us. And we will see you next time.